The Mom Buns Podcast is part girl talk, part therapy session, and loads of life hacks in between. Join two college BFFs who reunited in their 30s with careers, husbands, and babies in tow. Moms have a lot to say, and we aren't holding back. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Mom Buns Podcast. This is Lauren, and I just want to set this episode up a little bit. As some of you probably know, Ashley uh, was pregnant (laughs) over the last... uh, 10 months or so. And, um, she did have her daughter. Um, she had her about six weeks ago and, um, we have been texting back and forth, but she told me that last week we're ready to start the podcast up again. They're in a a good spot with the routines and stuff. So in this episode, um, Ashley and her daughter, uh, join us for uh, a special episode kind of about the things that nobody tells you about childbirth, but also, um, you know, having a newborn in a pandemic and a little bit of what we've been up to um, since the last time we recorded. So would love to just welcome y'all back to the Mom Buns podcast um, and hope everyone is staying safe and and healthy um, and you guys are, are finding your way through this uh, time in life. And um, Really excited to be back recording with Ashley. So without further ado, here is the gross things nobody tells you about childbirth. This is what I've decided six weeks in. Two different things. A, I will not be doing this again for sure. I am 40. I don't need to be doing this again. And B, having a baby is gross. It's it is just gross. End of story. Like... You're, you forget about that stuff, though. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, you know, you get this tiny person. And it's like, no, everything is leaking everywhere. You don't fit into your clothes. You're still trying to recover all your parts. It's like, oh, for the love of Pete. I, I, I was like, oh, you know, we're six weeks out. I'm going to try jogging. <laughs> I swear. Okay, it was a light jog, but I swear it felt like the bottom was falling out. Like the bottom of me was just gonna like fall right out. It was I was like, well, out. clearly, let's not do that again for a while. <laughs> You're so like, you were you were in good shape, and I know that you had been working out through your pregnancy, so I could see where that could. But just stick to walking for a while, girl. Right. Just be yeah. walking that out for a little while. Well, I mean, and in in all uh, in all honesty, for disclosure purposes, I did have a third degree tear, so I don't have any business doing anything other than walking still for a while because that's pretty. For people who don't know that, that's pretty gnarly. Yeah, that hurts. It's not like third place coming in last, not so bad. It's like close to the worst thing you can have happen. That's how it feels. Oh, I remember that. See, and I was telling right? you, I had two C-sections, and I had oh. one V-back in between, and I honestly think the V-back was harder to recover from. Like, I liked the outcome, you know, I liked doing right. that, but it was harder in some ways to recover from than the C-section. I've always wondered that. Is, you know, it's it's surgery. Right. And it hurts, but if you get gas X and stool softeners and and the stuff that like and you're up and walking and moving but not like overdoing it, I right. mean life with a newborn is you're basically on the couch or in bed anyways for a week or so yeah. if you can handle it. 
So it's, that's not so bad, but that V back where I had like this, I had to get a sits bath. I had, oh. to, uh, you know, like use the sprays and the cream, like just, Oh yeah. Man. It's like a whole regimen. Mm-hmm. It's a whole regimen. And like <laughs> I said, you know, I love to make jokes about inappropriate things. So I'm in the hospital and I say to the nurse, like, cause you know, they have to help you get up and go to the bathroom right. when you get up. Cause you, you know, you, I didn't labor for that long, but like you're exhausted and you know, and so you go and it's just like, everything is a mess and you just feel so, you know, you have this loose stomach from where a person used to be, tw- you know, two hours ago. And then you're just bleeding everywhere. And like, and, and it, it's like, it doesn't stop. And I said to the nurse, I looked at her, I said, it looks like a murder scene in here. And she just starts laughing. And I was like, that's all I could think of because it's just so, it's just, you feel so gross. You just feel so gross. You know what? And well, Nobody talks uh, about this. Yes. And you're saying like, oh, you forget about it. Most people go into childbirth, go into actual childbirth without knowing that this is part of it. I did. Yes. Nobody told yes. me. My mom nope. was there. You couldn't tell me that I was going to have... One, what are labor contractions? And now I would love to ask you like how you describe them because you just went through it. But what I can remember is it's nine months worth of period cramps. Yes. Into about a day. <laughs> yes. No, I think that's super accurate. But like times about 50. Yes. Because I was like, oh, you know, at the beginning I was like, oh yeah, these are kind of a bummer. Like these are annoying. And I was like, oh no, damn, these hurt. These hurt. Somebody give me the epidural fast. Because I equate it to this. If you're asking, if you want a shot in your back to make the other pain go away, don't you think that pain is a lot? <laughs> if you're asking for a shot in the back. Yeah. Like, it doesn't what? feel good, by the Maybe way. Fine. No, it doesn't. No. Especially not it's in awful. the middle of labor. Right? Because then they're like, okay, now hold really still. Okay, um, no. I'm going to try, but you're like shaking and you have contractions. I mean, and by all intents and purposes, this labor went swimmingly well. You know, I, they, they induced me. We sped things along. I got the epidural. I think I pushed three times and she was born. Right? Yep. No, it's okay. Those of you who can't see three hours for my VBAC, three times sounds that's not cool. No. But you know, they come they 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 come faster. Like everything goes faster the more kids you have have when you do it that way. And um exactly. Well here's the thing. So you could you, I'll, I'll see your middle finger to that. And I will say this. My doctor said, oh, she's probably going to be like seven pounds. Oh, yeah. She was nine. She was nine pounds. And I was like, doc, you were way off. When you told me that, and I was thinking like, and, you know, I get the text that she's here and, <laughs> and size and and you told me a little bit about the delivery and I was just thinking like I mean I know I'm not very big but I was like you're not that big either like, <laughs> <laughs> but we're both tall people and they get they're supposed to, supposedly they get bigger when the more you have 
So I knew when she was like, oh, I think she's going to be seven pounds. I'm like, I think you're going to be wrong, lady. So I was kind of mentally prepared, but that's, I think that's why I've had such a, a rough recovery. So, but you know, you just keep going. It doesn't matter if you don't feel good. You have to keep doing things when you have a household to run and yeah. two other children running around. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, yeah and that, that's the other thing about the first one. You're like, this isn't so bad. I can just sit on the couch and watch my shows and snuggle a baby. Yeah. And then when you have one or two or more at home after that, mm -hmm. it's just not the same. Enter no. Yes, and he's been amazing. It's been, and it's been really helpful to have like this pandemic because he's been home and his job is not as busy right now. So, you know, I've had some major help and I don't feel pressured to go out and do anything. I'm not taking kids to school. So when she's hungry, I feed her. When we need to take naps, we do it. So, I mean, as, as sucky as it's been to have a quarantine baby, um, if you hear patting, it's me patting her back and her butt. She's kind of tired. Um, but as bad as that's been, it's also been a blessing in disguise. There's been a silver lining to it. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, I can see that just with my own family and we become a lot closer as a unit and we were yep. solid before, but right. you know, like I used to travel all the time for work. Right. Guess who hasn't gone anywhere since we got back from Berlin, like on the 6th of March, right? Like, so oh my God. I literally haven't had, you know, we haven't had a night alone. I haven't had, you know, a day alone in that whole time. And that is a huge shift for me. It's probably a huge shift for your husband, but also like you said, just in how you and the girls operated before. Um, totally. But it has changed our family unit to something that has been, you know, it, it is a lot stronger and it'll be, if if we ever go back to the way things were, you know, it will be right. a bigger adjustment, but at the same time, like, it's been great to be home with my two-year-old, uh, you know, or, or to be home every night and be there and, and as the kids get older too, so. Totally. Well, and how long ago did Berlin feel? Oh, doesn't that feel like forever ago? Like we're celebrating our tenth wedding anniversary in a couple months. Wow, um, I know. But it just is like everything just kind of feels like that decade. It's just everything that was like you know ten years ago to four months ago it was like a decade ago. Uh huh. And then so true. now I'm just kind of somebody, I was watching a video and they were saying something about the beginning of the pandemic. And I'm like, guys, I still feel like we're in the beginning of the pandemic. Like things really haven't changed. It's not like, no. I mean, yes, in some places we've opened back up, but we're not. So, you know, like we're reversing. Right. Again. And now I'm we're like, starting over like again. We're in the beginning of whatever this is going to be. Right. So. Like, I don't even know, like what everybody keeps saying, like, oh, we go back to normal. The kids keep asking me, are we, are, is this a dream, mom? No. Oh. No, this isn't a dream. But I mean, like, there's so many changes that you have to make. Our lives look completely different now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, can you imagine getting on a plane right now? Actually, I've been having that conversation a lot with just other people. Like, would you fly? The question is, would you? I would by myself, yes. Okay. 
if I if I needed to go somewhere. Right. But not just on a limb. But if it was me oh, by myself, yes. Like for work or something. Yeah, or if, you know, if someone if if I needed to be somewhere, if if someone was sick, if you needed right. me, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Like okay, I would go and I would do it because I am disciplined enough myself to yeah. know, um, what I can and can't do and what I can tolerate yep. mentally and physically and, uh, and that kind of thing. But it's actually a conversation we've been having because we've been talking about, you know, seeing family. And right. my, whole, my husband's entire family is in Texas. And if yeah. the choice is you know, he flies, we fly, or his parents fly. Right. All of those things. The last, I, you know, I don't want to put them at risk any more than, you know, that needs to be. So it's not, you know, it's not an option really for all five of us to fly because. Sure. How are you going to control a two-year-old on an airplane for four hours? They lick stuff when there's not a pandemic, why, why would you do that to your family? Yeah. Uh, and it's really, I'm not worried about the airlines themselves. Well, the, the ones that I fly, I know they're super clean. I worry about other people. Like, I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about everybody else. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. And so, and I, and I just really feel, and this is probably a topic for a different uh, episode or another episode. Um, sure. I'll just say that I feel a really strong sense of duty mm -hmm. and solidarity. Like, by staying home, by being, keeping my family home, by limiting our exposure in our bubble, you know, our bubble really isn't any bigger than it was when this all started. Um, I feel like I'm doing my part and all I can, right. you know, I can hope that other people do their part. I can hope that we all, you know, come to this from a sense of common sense and reason. But if I can't do if I'm not doing my part, then I can't really ask or expect somebody else to do theirs. So it's yeah. kind of that whole lead by example, right? Mm -hmm. just, mm -hmm. I just tell our family, this is what we expect. And I don't take my kids grocery shopping so that they, you know, I, I never like to do it anyways. So uh, <laughs> definitely not the kids in, in masks going grocery shopping. So, uh, right. you know, uh, we just limit what we're doing but still try to give our kids what, you know, the things that they need. So. Right. Well, and that's the thing is that like, you know, when you have a baby in this, it's not everybody comes see the baby. You're just at home. And I feel bad for those moms who it's their first baby and they just, they're, they're by themselves or with their spouse or their person. And you can't do all the normal mom things when you have a baby and sorry, garbage. You can hear that. Um, so it's like, I feel bad. I feel, I feel like they're getting shortchanged. I've already done this two other times. So to me, and I'm not like everybody come visit the baby. Yeah. When I first have a kid, I kind of want to be left to, for us to figure out our, routine and how things work first. Um, but that being said, that means that the grandparents haven't been able to see the baby. And that's always important to me, whether everybody else gets to or not. Um, and here's something that, you know, I haven't really been super, uh, like 
not, it's not that I haven't been open about it. I've just cho chosen to keep it private, but like, um, we decided to take the baby in an RV to go meet my dad because my dad has terminal cancer. Um, and we don't know how long we have with him at this point. Um, so in a pandemic, how do you do that? Like you said, do you get on a plane? Well, you know, if, uh, if, if my, you know, dad was of sound mind and body, he would be like, you put that baby on a plane, I'm going to ground you girl. Mm -hmm. So we said, okay, we're going to drive. And we rented an RV and put the family in there. And that's how we made sure that he got to meet her. And we stopped at another grandparent's house on the way home, but they didn't, nobody held her except for my dad because he's sick. He's quarantining better than anybody. Right. Um, so, you know, there were no masks at my parents' house. There was, you know, it, because it's, it's sterile in there. Mm -hmm. And we had basically been home quarantining before we got there. Um, and even my husband took a, a COVID test just to make sure. And so it was like, you know, everybody's healthy, everybody's fine. But when we went to the other grandparents' house, oh, I know, I know. Um, then everybody wore masks. We still were socially distant. We hung out outside. You know, the kids played in their pool. And it was a quick visit just so they could meet her and we could stop. Um, but it doesn't, you know, my other set of parents live in Arizona. And my mom works in healthcare. Mm -hmm. And she hasn't met her yet. And my stepdad hasn't either. And they're, they're just like, oh, this is killing me. And so I just feel for all these people around the country who have all the, you know, it's like you want, you want to be normal again. Right. And you can't. You have to figure out a way around it. And we're just lucky that, you know, my husband is an amazing planner. And we stayed at RV parks. We stayed away from people. We, you know, we were isolated in our own little bubble. That's and it was the perfect way to travel. Incredible. We actually were thinking about that as we were talking about, do we go somewhere? Do we drive? Mm -hmm. And for about 24 hours, I was convinced that we were going to rent an RV for two weeks and take this massive road trip. And even that was terrifying. So I'm so <laughs> impressed that you did it with a newborn. And your oh, girl, I would love to ask you some questions and like update our traveling with kids in a pandemic episode <laughs> next time. Now I'll back her off. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell me a little bit more about routines with a newborn. What are the things that you kind of forgot or the things that you fell right back into once uh, Libby was here? You mean just in general? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, like you just forget like how – you remember that you're super tired, but you forget how zombie-like you are. Um, but we quickly established, like, a routine of ours because, you know, you're on their schedule. You're on their timetable. Oh, I know. I know. I know. It's okay. You're on their timetable of, like, you know, clearly right now. She's tired, but you got stuff to do. So, um, mommy just needs a minute, angel baby. Um, we need a, we need a break in here somewhere. So if you guys need a break, it's, it's totally fine. Let me make her a bottle. So this might be a good time to take a break and then I'll make her a quick bottle and then I'll feed her. All right. We'll be right back. We got a uh, snack break. 
Hey, it's Ashley. We've been talking so much on our Mom Buns podcast about building a village, so we want to let you know where you can find us. And buns not required to follow us on Instagram or on Facebook at mombuns.life. And hey, our website is the same, mombuns.life, no.com. No bun actually needed. Yeah, thinking back to when we had newborns or little ones, the thing I can't live down anymore is that the first time, you know, you're so, you don't know what you're doing. You don't like, and everybody tells you and you're like, I get it. I think I understand. And it's, it's surface level until you actually are, have a baby and then you start going through those routines. And one thing that he keeps like bringing up kind of is like the first one was always hungry. You know, no wonder he couldn't sleep. No wonder Matt's couldn't sleep. He was always hungry because you feed a baby. What? every three hours per the books so if it was right. like two hours and 20 minutes i was like nope not happening like uh-huh. you know buddy like how in, in in hindsight like i understand what i was thinking i understand the rapidity of that and trying to do it by the book sure my third one i was like oh he's crying like just put him on the boob uh-huh <laughs> yeah okay yeah it's like all right well or like for me, I don't make enough milk. So it's like, well, no wonder Avi was crying all the time. She wouldn't take a bottle. She was starving. No wonder she was a grouch for eight months. Yeah. So like, you know, at the beginning I was like, no, this one will have both. We're not doing that again. Yeah. And whenever you're, she, and this one only cries when she's hungry, tired, or she has a poopy diaper. Literally. That is the, but the hungry cry is like the saddest frowny face you've ever seen like you never feed me that's and it's like I just fed you an hour and a half ago it's so funny and I was like she's definitely your kid dude how fast do you recognize the cries like distinguish a tired hungry like I mean I I remember that's something that kind of it's instinctual but then you you figure it out and you're like oh you figure out their language so fast I just realized last week, like, oh, that's this one. And like, I've already, like, I've, I realized it without realizing it. Uh-huh. And then last week I was cognizant of it. I was like, oh yeah, I'm recognizing when she needs what. So, but also just kind of like, uh, it's something. Right. Like let's try. But mostly like, as long as I feed her, but I'm not like, the other thing is we've also learned not to like quick run and make her not cry immediately. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's okay oh, if she cries. Yeah. She's going to live. You know Do what you I mean? It's still bugging. Are the girls, because they're a little bit older and they can recognize and they probably want to take care of the baby. Yes. If, uh, if the baby cries, are your older girls right there on it or are they a little bit sick of it yet? No, they're like, mom, she's crying. Mom, she needs something. Like, they're very helpful. They're very sweet. The middle one, which has been, I would prefer, but Aviana is like, she's like that character in the Looney Tunes that like takes Marvin the Martian and like smushes him in a snuggle. Mm -hmm. And is like, I'm going to love you and hug you and squeeze you. (laughs) She loves her sister. And like, we've had to tell her, your hair is in her face. Like she can't breathe when you hug her that hard. Like it's, she loves her so much, but like, she's just a little not gentle enough yet. Mm-hmm. Did you run into that with Lena or was she like, no, you can return. 
where you can return him. She didn't really want me to return him, but she was also just barely two when Palmer was born. So it was, you know, it was more of a treat if she got to kind of hold him on the couch or like, you know, she was helpful enough to like go get diapers, you know, like kind of that thing. Yeah. It was Matthias who was four when he was born that was super helpful and like, but not scary loving, not like smushy because he's a boy. Um, right. My friend though talks about her daughter who used to try to hold the baby by the neck oh, like, or hug the baby by the neck, like, like a kitten, right? Like you would by. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. And then, and that even now, even though her sister is two and a half, like still tries to hug her by the neck. So fair. Like, keep an eye on that one for a while. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was worried. My mom even said, like, Avi might try to pick the baby up. So maybe you keep an eye on her when she's keeping an eye on her. But, like, I still want to give her, like, I tell Isabella all the time, can you watch your sister for a minute? She's in the swing. She's safe. Yeah. But, like, if I go to the kitchen, I want eyes on her. So, and so I want to empower Aviana to be the same way because she's the big sister also. And I don't want her to feel like she can't do it. So, you know, but then I get really frustrated with her when, like, I said, okay, I have to run to the garage to give daddy something. I will be back in 30 seconds. Stay right here and watch Livy. Livy's in her swing. She's buckled in. Everyone's safe. I just need to make sure that there's eyes on her. So then Avi comes running after me to tell me that she swallowed her gum. (laughs) And I'm like, you can't leave the baby alone in the house. And granted, I know. I'm the parent. I'm the responsible one. I should not leave a four-year-old to watch the baby. But it was like 35 seconds. Come on, people. So we're like, you can't ever leave the baby, you know. There are probably some families out there who, you know, ask the dog to keep an eye on the baby for the 35 seconds you have to go eat. You know, that kind of thing. So I I think you're okay. I know, but still, I felt, I felt bad. And then I was mad at her. And then I was like, that's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> so anyway. my, my least favorite part about even well, pregnancy and after, and that fourth trimester is oh. hormones. There's a very oh. scene from knocked up where, uh, you know, where we're blaming the hormones that got reenacted quite a few times in my house. So uh, I would not be doing my due diligence as your friend if I ask, how are you mentally, how are you feeling emotionally? Um, you know what? I, I try really hard to see the good in this situation because to be honest, some days are rough. Um, if you take this, if you take the pandemic and the hormones from having a baby and the fact that my dad is really sick and I don't get to see him and you mix it together in a bowl, some days I am a shit show. That's honest. That is like, like literally my husband joked the other day because the girls have seen me cry multiple times. And they, she said, mom, you know, Isabella was like, mom, you know, why were you sad when you were crying? And Omar goes, which time yesterday? (laughs) That's accurate. But it's like, I mean, I will still spontaneously burst into tears um, and I'm not recovering very well. Like my recovery is not going great. Um, And then I get frustrated that I can't feel back to normal, even though it took me 10 months to get this way. Um, It's just, you know, some days 
I, there's a, there is a lot of crying in my house, to be honest. Um, but she makes it better because she's a very, I mean, she's a very chill baby and the girls love her and we're all home together. So, you know, I still try to remember the positives of all of that. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of crying. Okay. I'm sorry. No, but I feel better when I cry. Exactly. I remember the physical recovery when you physically don't feel like yourself or it hurts. Yes. Then it just, that like, for me, that was kind of the edge of like, I could handle everything else, but damn it. I'm still, I still hurt. Still hurts yes. to pee. It still hurts, like you know, just every like still bleeding. You know, like whatever it is, because yeah. I bled yeah. probably six weeks. That sounds about right. Right, and, and yeah. Yeah, so not only is it nine months of period cramps, uh-huh. but then nine months of period after yeah. the that. Ugh. While you're trying to keep a human alive. Yeah. Meanwhile, and you're from the top. It's just yeah, so much fun. Yeah, it's, I mean, you're right. No one tells you all the gross stuff and all the real stuff of like, like you, you know, there, yeah, it's just. I think we just found the title of this episode. What? Uh, the gross episode? <laughs> no one tells you the gross stuff. <laughs> yes, it's so true though. It's, I mean, I, I think, I feel like it's a disservice to moms that we don't, get to know that in advance. And then you're finding it all out and trying to figure it all out once you're home with them. Um, so I just, and, and like I've, I'm gonna have to go see a specialist to go figure out exactly what's wrong so that maybe, you know, like I can go to the bathroom and not be in pain. Or I mean, like I literally cannot walk around or sit without being in pain. And it's, we're six weeks out and it shouldn't be like that. And so it's just like, I said to Omar, I said, I can't live like this. No, I, I can't. No. So I'm working on that, but it's just like all the while you're tired. And when you're tired, it makes everything more dramatic and worse because you're tired. So yeah. Anyway, it's okay. just an adventure. It is. You know that. And I, you know, you and I have talked about this. I don't think we've really talked about it yet on the podcast, but I know this is probably something we'll touch. But my third one, my second one was the worst recovery, but my third one, I had four months of postpartum before I ever, depression, before I ever called for help. And I didn't, realize, I didn't realize how bad it was until, um, until maybe like right before Christmas. And, and the reason why I finally looked in the mirror and said, like, oh, this is, this is something more than I can do myself um, mm-hmm. is because I knew the holidays were coming up and I realized I was going to ruin everyone's Christmas. Oh, that, I mean, that's how I personally felt. And, and then it was like, okay, well, I need to do this so I don't ruin Christmas for my family. Not, not because I need to get better. Just, well, I just need some help. And, and that was literally like, I mean, I think my first counseling appointment was like December 20th. Uh, and to do that so um it's not necessarily something that that comes right away it's not something Mm -hmm. that goes away easily Mm -hmm. um and I just remember feeling 
like everything was so hard, needlessly hard. I was not being nice to my husband for no, no apparent reason. I was just not being nice to my husband at times, um, who was the one person that I needed to be nice to because he was trying to, you know, do the, the heavy lifting. And, uh, and I took so much refuge in my baby. Yeah. I took just like, you know, and, and I kind of heard you say that was, you know, she's such a good baby, you know, it makes everything better. And I put so much of my emotional and mental health into my baby mm -hmm. that, um, that was kind of like my rock, my, you know, everything's fine as long as I can just hold this. And now yep. looking back, I realized like, okay, that was maybe a little bit too much of an attachment uh, <laughs> to put all of my emotional well-being into someone who, you know, who needed me. Right. And I didn't need him. I couldn't need him in the same way. Right. Uh, to I, I mean, that is definitely, I think I still want to do an episode on that because I feel like there are so many women who go through postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety which isn't as widely talked about. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is that I've been very cognizant of paying attention to how I feel because you shared that with me, because you didn't experience it till your third, because of, it is weird. And that's, and people don't talk about that either. They think, oh, well, you know, I'm good because that hasn't happened before. And, but also I think there's a stigma attached of like people think that postpartum is like you, want to get rid of your baby and that it, it, there is a spectrum of how you feel of how and I just think that's really important to like dive into but again you're right on a different day and I just I applaud you for being brave enough even if the reason was to keep your family from having a bad Christmas to get some help I think that's huge thank you and I, I because of what you shared with me I've been very honest when people are like, how are you doing? Yeah. Because it is a roller coaster because of the hormones and because you're tired and because my dad is sick and his journey is a roller coaster. So I try not to hang my hat on how his day goes, but sometimes it's like, we don't know if we're close to the end and that's going to make my day worse. And I'm going to try not to be horrible to everybody. Right. I'm going to try not to cry a million times. And I'm, you know, we, we named her Livia Joy because, see, I cry all the time. Okay. I'm already crying. Because in what's going on right now in our world with a pandemic and Black Lives Matter and a sick dad and just having a new baby and changing everything at your home and worrying about people's jobs and school, we needed some joy. So we named her Olivia Joy. And I really think that everything happens for a reason. And the timing of this child was the most amazing thing in the world because I was dead set on not having a baby when I was 40. I wanted her to be born before I was 40 years old. And then I realized after she got here, it didn't matter because she's this enormous source of joy for all of us that I share with every person that I possibly can. She's so stinking cute. <laughs> and... I just love her to pieces, um, but how nice to have joy like that in our lives right now when we all need it the most. That's amazing. So the other names went out the window. Joy was the middle name. 
That's amazing. It's perfect. It's amazing. I just, it's going to make me cry. So, see, I can share the love. Yes. Well, um, thank you for also sharing your story for talking to the swing of things and, uh, and, and sharing with us some of the real, uh, you know, the, the stuff no one to talks about, the gross stuff no one talks about, and the real so stuff cool. that, that moms need to hear, and, and we need to experience it. So um, I know of a lot of people who are having babies, just had babies, getting ready to have a baby uh, in this time, and I'm so glad that I could kind of go through this with you a little bit and, and see it from your perspective, because it's now is a different time to have a baby than any other time. Yeah. Um, in our world. And so it's fascinating that, that we can kind of document this experience and talk about it from the now um, mm -hmm. and encapsulate that. So if y'all have any questions about pregnancy and newborns and, uh, and all of that, especially in pandemic mode, I, we have a resident expert uh, who's literally <laughs> going through it. So send us an email, um, hello at mombuns.life or um, find us on Instagram, momguns.life, or find us on our Facebook group. Uh, Ashley and I both pop in there, and uh, that's also Mom Buns Life, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. On Facebook. So connected to our Facebook page. So, um, you know, bring your questions, bring your, your thoughts and your comments on this episode. Don't forget to leave us a review on wherever you get your podcasts. That's super helpful as we ramp up season P, P for season pandemic. P. That's right. Um, and we will be here bringing you more great episodes of, you know, life on the front lines as a mom, as this is all happening. We're here for you. And if you need us, uh, just holler. Thanks you guys for listening. And thank you, Ashley, for, for again, sharing your experience and sharing your little one. I'm so excited we can do this on video because I get to watch her the whole time. I know. <laughs> she makes a cameo. Thing. It's the next next best thing to hold in her. Right? Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, until next episode, we will uh, talk in their buns up, ladies. Thanks for listening to the Mom Buns Podcast. And don't forget to catch our latest episodes wherever you find all your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening to my mom's podcast. Have a good day. Bye-bye.